Uzizi is going to serve an 18-month jail time, allegedly, and then also Binance is going to pay $4.3 billion. And then once that is over, Binance will have the green light from the United States, which is an expensive tax to pay. But that is a hugely like good thing for Binance in the very long term. Bankless Nation, it is time for your Friday weekly roll-up. We got a lot to talk about, David. What are we starting with? CZ stepping down from Binance and stepping into jail, and also Binance paying $4.3 billion to the Department of Justice. Yeah, we got to find out what that means. Also, the SEC is attacking Kraken, the crypto exchange, for the terrible charge of what? Being a crypto exchange? But also commingling funds? Question mark. What the hell is the deal with that? Uh, so we'll unpack all of those details. Coindesk, crypto's largest, earliest crypto news media company, is sold out of Barry Silbert's digital currency group to who? We will discuss. Also, Blast, a new layer two on the scene, has caused a bunch of controversy among crypto Twitter and why many people in the crypto industry are kind of just fed up with paradigm. We'll talk about that. And Argentina is getting a new president, a new president elected to Argentina pro the dollar and pro crypto question mark. We will unpack all of this and more. We should also say it is uh, going to be Thanksgiving. You know what? I think I said happy Friday morning and this is I, actually coming out oh, on yeah. Thursday morning. Uh, right. So happy Thanksgiving to all US listeners. I hope you have a fantastic time uh, trying to convert your family members into <laughs> uh, crypto zealots as they ask you, oh, hey, honey, how's that crypto thing going? I hope you have a fantastic reply to them because you are listening to Bankless. So you'll know exactly what to say. Right. Uh, and none of it will probably make sense to your family members as usual. Yeah. Oh, honey, I heard one of your crypto friends got put in jail again this week. <laughs> <laughs> it's like really bad timing. And David, you're actually on the West Coast over to visit yeah. family for the holidays as well. So uh, are they going to be asking you about crypto? Oh, uh, well, they know they know I'm very deep in the crypto sphere. So <laughs> they, they, yeah, they already did. I was home last night. My mom was asking me about it. Yeah, Bankless, longtime Bankless listeners will know when this is my background. David's home for some holiday reason. This yeah. is the home, Ryan, that I started my crypto rabbit hole journey in. This is where I like was losing blood. I was cutting my fingers on the sheet metal while I was putting together mining computers for Ethereum back in 2017. Wow. Yeah. That was how many years? Six years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Literally started your crypto journey with blood. That's a pretty impressive dad. I have scars on my hands from trying to put together mining computers. Yeah. All right, Dave, we got to uh, get into the markets. But before we do, want to shout out our friends and sponsors over at Near. They've got a new data availability layer. David, tell us about it. The Near Layer 1 is also now a data availability layer for Ethereum rollups or rollups generally. Uh, and so data on Ethereum is still pretty expensive. World War III resistant block space is uh, expensive. Uh, so the Near data availability is 8,000 times cheaper than currently Ethereum data availability. Wow. So if you are launching an app chain, like in the Cosmos ecosystem or a layer two on Ethereum or a roll up just somewhere in the cryptoverse. Well, those are kind of your only two options. Uh, <laughs> use Near for data availability. Near's data availability layer already has some very early partners at Madeira by Starknet, Caldera, Fluent, Vistera, Movement Labs, uh, and a few others. So the price of data in Web3, like all things, is getting cheaper thanks to Near. There is a link in the show notes, bankless.cc slash near to get started all right let's get to the markets david uh the kraken charts this week what are they telling Looking us beautiful. about bitcoin 
Look at that up line up and to the right. I mean, you're zoom super far out on the one month, but that is just an upward trend line with plenty of volatility. Bitcoin started the week at 36,000, ending the week at 36 and a half thousand dollars up a little bit, keeping keeping the markets alive. Moving into ETH price, also just looking like a straight line up again with some volatility, starting the week at $2,000, ending the week where we are now at $2,040. The ratio between Bitcoin and Ether, a little bit up, but relatively flat. And of course, the total crypto market cap, $1.44 trillion. Uh, blue chips, Bitcoin and Ether up, marginally up. Some altcoins down the market cap stack, down. Uh, but overall, I would say we are floating. We are floating up, I would say. This is definitely bull market territory. And, and thanks mm -hmm. to Kraken for providing those, those charts. Of course, no securities traded on Kraken. These, these are crypto tokens, aren't they, David? We'll get to that story a little bit later. But before we touch on Kraken, let's talk about CZ. CZ, the founder of Binance, is out, David. Mm -hmm. Take us through the story. So how did this happen and what happened over the last couple of days? So the Department of Justice in the United States has actually been investigating Binance for a very long time, since 2018, 2019, and it has finally come to a head, finally come to a conclusion. So CZ is going to plead guilty on Friday, here in Seattle, by the way, in the court in downtown Seattle, to money laundering charges, as well as Binance is going to pay $4.3 billion. This is a settlement between Binance the Department of Justice, and also the CFTC, the Commodities Futures and Trading Commission, versus Binance. The SEC is not, not involved here. Yeah, so that's that's what's interesting about all of this. You said um, he's going to plead guilty, right? He hasn't actually pled guilty, and he's going right. to be pleading guilty in front of a court in Seattle, which coincidentally, David, that's where you are right now. I don't know how that ended up happening. You always seem to end up in the funniest places when uh, crypto Very stuff goes down. Very people to crypto leaders going to court for some reason all the time. Yeah. Okay. So so he hasn't pled, but they're putting out all of this these press releases ahead of that, basically. We mm -hmm. already know what he's going to plead. We already know what the fines are. We already know what the settlement actually is. And here's a tweet with uh, some of those details that you just recapped. So Binance has to pay $4.3 billion in fines. Binance is reaching an agreement with FinCEN, OFAC, the CFTC, and will give them $1.8 billion. That's part of the $4.3 billion. CZ actually made a statement, better to ask for, for forgiveness than permission toward operating in the US. So he's like, oh, oopsie, that was my strategy. And right. you know, th this is how it's playing out. The CZ opposite is also, of the Brian Armstrong approach, I'd say. Yeah, the opposite. Um, and then CZ, he, he's resigning. And he can't mm -hmm. operate Binance for three years from the start of the agreement. Interesting, though, David, he gets to keep all of his equity. Yeah. So he can't operate it, but he's not forced to sell any of it. So he gets to realize all of the upside. He is uh, still a uh, you know hyper billionaire. I have no idea what his net worth is, but it's it's multiple billions, many billions. Right. In fact, yeah. at one point in time, I think Forbes estimated CZ was like maybe the second most wealthy yeah, person five, in the entire world, sure. uh -huh. like top five. And so he gets to keep all of that. There's also, though, David, talk of some jail. Like right. there might be an actual you know, sentence. Can you tell us about that? So he, CZ, is going to be released on bail, $175 million bail. Uh, and the agency, the Department of Justice, is looking to seek an 18-month sentence for CZ. Now, like, why do we know all of these details? It's because this is a settlement agreement between Binance and the Department of Justice. So rather than just carry this out even longer, perhaps like CZ is avoiding a much longer sentence, perhaps life. There's just a, this is the terms of CZ. This is the cost 
of Binance to pay for a clean slate from the United States government. So post this, CZ is going to serve an 18-month jail time, apparently, allegedly. And then also Binance is going to pay $4.3 billion. And then once that is over, Binance will have the green light from the United States, which is an expensive tax to pay. But that is a hugely like good thing for Binance in the very long term. So I he's actually going to jail, though. That That's crazy. I, I wonder if this is like house arrest, if he can negotiate that, or if it's yeah. actual jail jail. If it's like right. a... Is this kind of like, you know, the white collar right. cushy jail or is, is this it Arthur just... Hayes jail or is it <laughs> Sam Bankman free jail? Like yeah. where on this on this spectrum. That seems to be unclear. Can we talk really quick, David, about what Binance is actually being charged for, though? Like mm-hmm. what crime did they uh, commit and what 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 is CZ actually pleading guilty to here? I'm sure they would love to go after CZ and Binance for every single thing under the sun. But the thing that has finally come to a head here is allowing, knowingly allowing money laundering and terrorist financing to occur on Binance. Binance famously was pretty loose in the early days about KYC on the exchange. Uh, you could you could just kind of flub your KYC, your VPN, like check, I'm not a United States citizen. And then you could just like use Binance. Um and so they, and there were reports, remember when the, sig- the signal chats that came out with uh, CZ and other executives of Binance, they knowingly allowed terrorists to um, to operate on Binance. To, like, there's pretty one, ironclad proof of this. There's ironclad well. proof of this. And so it was not only like they, they allowed it, but they also knew about it and they didn't do anything about it. Hmm. And so this isn't, this is why the SEC is notably absent from this. This is not child's play of Gary Gensler and his influencer campaigns. This is the, the the Department of Defense having a problem with Binance allowing for terrorists to funnel money through Binance. And CZ's like, oh, we're turning a blind eye. Uh, and so it's kind of like the highest level of offenses you could make towards the United States government. Yeah, you so. said that the Department of Defense, and they're kind of associated here, uh, it's like the agencies of FinCEN and OFAC. And by the way, if you're not familiar with what these agencies are, are we did an entire podcast on the financial surveillance apparatus that you should absolutely check out but notably what cz did not do and what binance did not do it was not an ftx style fraud right okay so there there was not a missing funds from the exchange of of billions of dollars and by the way that that was rumored uh earlier in here at least on crypto twitter it's just oh my god cz is doing the same thing that ftx is doing that's not what these charges are for and you have to assume that uh, these investigators went through absolutely everything they could. There's no gaping hole on the balance sheet. So it's not that. And as you said, it's not an SEC snafu. It's all about financial surveillance. It's OFAC. It's it's uh, mm-hmm. FinCEN. It's not doing the AML KYC. This is um, the statement from CZ. David, you want to read some of this? CZ tweets out, today I stepped down as CEO of Binance. Admittedly, it was not easy to let go emotionally, but I know it was the right thing to do. I made mistakes. I must take responsibility. This is the best for our community, the best for Binance, and the best for myself. And then he announces that Richard Tang, the former uh, head of global uh, regional markets, is now the new CEO of Binance. Um, and he discusses like the qualifications of Richard and, and who he is. Uh, and then he talks about what's next for him. And I thought this was like a pretty crazy line. I will take a break first. I have not had a single day of real phone off breaks for the last six and a half years. Mm. It's easy. Just been grinding for six and a half years. Um, 
After that, my current thinking is I will probably do some passive in investing, being a minority token shareholder in startups in areas across blockchain, Web3, and DeFi, AI, and biotech. I'm happy that I will have more time to spend looking at DeFi. I cannot see myself being a CEO driving a startup again. I'm content being a one-shot entrepreneur. Um, on that note, I am proud to point out that in our resolutions with the United States agencies, they do not allege that Binance misappropriated any user funds and do not allege that Binance engaged in any market manipulation. Funds are SAFU, which is a meme for SAFE. Um, with that, I look forward to seeing the new leadership take the reins. Please join me in congratulating Richard on his well-deserved promotion. Onwards, CZ. So no misappropriation of user funds, no market manipulation, but uh, clearly doing illegal activity with respect to financial surveillance uh, laws and regulations that are in the book. And we'll, we'll talk what this means, like how people are reacting to this and how CZ might be viewed through history. But all of this also came to a head in a press release that the Department of, of Treasury and I believe the CFTC kind of stood up at 3 p.m. on Tuesday, November 21st. And actually, when they announced all of this, some of this news came out ahead of that, and some of it was tied up in this press release. And Janet Yellen actually spoke about this. And here she is addressing crypto specifically in what I would say is a, a not-so-veiled threat. Let's listen. And let me be clear. We're also sending a message to the virtual currency industry more broadly today and for the future. If virtual currency exchanges and financial technology firms wish to realize the tremendous benefits of being part of the U.S. financial system and serving U.S. customers, they must play by the rules. And if they do not, the U.S. government will take action. There it is, David. If you want to play in the U.S. and you are a crypto company or a crypto project, you must play by U.S. rules. Okay, but, but who is she referring to? Because Binance, okay, got them, the number one exchange. Who's the number two exchange? Coinbase, extremely compliant. Who's the number three exchange in volume after those two? Kraken, extremely compliant. Uh, after that, we have Bybit, OKX, and KuCoin, who are, are Asian exchanges, so maybe this message is to them. But we're now talking about the long tail of volume. There's no one left. FTX is gone. Yeah, no. Well, she's just saying this in general. It's I, David, what I think this is, is this is a statement of like, we're in control, right? Like we're in the driver's seat, yeah. okay? Yeah. Like, let me show you bend, who's bend boss. It, yeah. Bend the knee. It, it actually doesn't matter uh, what rules we say. And in fact, what the subtext here is, we're not even necessarily going to give you clarity on what the rules are. But when we say jump, you jump. We are right. the bosses here, yeah. or else we will shut you out of the U.S. market. And what that means is you are disconnected from the entire Western market, mm -hmm. right? It's like Europe kind of follows suit. If you shut out, that's the stick that Janet Yellen uh, really carries here. We'll talk about this a little bit more when we get into the to the Kraken case. But do you know what is also crypto Twitter found hilarious was the way she pronounced Binance, David? She said the entire time, she m must have mentioned this, I don't know, five, six, seven times, Binance is her Binance. pronunciation of uh, Binance. So that's like high class finance. Uh, right. I, well, I remember back in 2017, back in 2018, I would, the early days of Binance, people called it Binance all the yeah. time. And it it yeah. was like, it was back in the day I, when they, people also would say ETH or ETH. People referred to ETH as ETH. And yeah, was, but if someone oh, started saying ETH, ETH right now, and if someone right. says Binance right now, it just it's shows like, that they yeah. either don't care 
what everyone or, or they're disconnected. They don't have any crypto. crypto friends. That's for sure. Yeah, they definitely don't. Um, <laughs> so how big of a deal is this? Let's look at this from uh, the Binance token itself, because there is a token out there that is maybe right. a, a proxy for what's going on in Binance world. The BNB token that is down what twelve percent here on the day. Down twelve percent. Yeah. So at a fully diluted market cap of thirty five billion dollars, we're losing a couple billion dollars of market cap off of the BNB token. Down down twelve percent. But I will also say like that's not far off from like the regular old market like right now like for example solana is also down 12 percent right now layer two tokens like optimism down eight percent on the week xrp down seven percent on the week so you, you can't even really say i would that, that the market even reacted to this I, it's I, a it little was, bit of a reaction and, but kind of it's a, a little bit of reaction yeah but like 12 percent in crypto like whatever okay that's fine. Another big question, though, David, for for Binance or Binance, I should say, is where <laughs> is all of this coming from? Uh, this four point three billion dollars. Do they have the funds to actually pay for it? What's uh, this tweet? Yeah. So Connor put out a little uh, audit of Binance's crypto holdings from Binance's proof of reserves disclosures that they publicize because they're cool. And they do that. So uh, what reserves does Binance have? $6.35 billion in total assets, $3.2 billion in stable coins. And this does not include any off-chain cash balances or held in funds that they don't disclose. So they will likely be able to pay that $4.3 billion fine without actually having to liquidate any crypto. Wow. So they're wow. not going to dump on us. So Binance, Binance is basically like, oh, $4.3 billion. We'll write you a check. Here you go. You know, it's like a cost of doing business, basically, for, right. for a company of this size. And um, honestly, like, they probably saw this coming. They probably knew this was coming. You said investigation since 2018. 2018 so yeah. they've been in the thick of it for a while. Um, so let's talk about some different takes. One angle right. is, Responses. what is the Elizabeth Warren anti-crypto army take? This looks I, like to I'm me like... I'm waiting on bated breath <laughs> what Elizabeth Warren says about this. Do you like Victory Labs, David? Because uh, <laughs> I think this screams of Elizabeth Warren doing a Victory Lab. The CEO of the world's largest crypto exchange pleaded guilty to breaking anti-money laundering laws. This is part of a larger trend of criminal activity in the crypto industry and sadly predictable... She told us all about this in advance. I urge the Justice Department to investigate Binance for lying to Congress. She goes on, law enforcement and national security officials need additional authorities and resources to pursue money laundering, sanctions evasion, blah, 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 blah. I'll keep working to pass bipartisan legislation to address this serious and dangerous problem. P.S. I was right about Hamas, too. I'm not, <laughs> I, I'm not giving you guys any ground. Uh, that's not what she said, but I think she's thinking that, David. This is definitely a victory lap from uh, the Elizabeth Warren camp. Nice dunk, um, but let's, let's, carry, let's compare this to, to some banks. Uh, so Poppy Chulo Grimm, uh, Twitter, crypto Twitter account says the enforcement against CZ is insane. For perspective, in 2010, Wachovia Bank, owned by Wells Fargo, was shown to have purposefully laundered $378 billion from the Sinola cartel. I think that's a Mexican drug cartel. Yes, it is. Wow. In 2004 and 2007. So $378 billion. How much was Wachovia Bank fined? $160 million. Okay, Liz Warren. Okay, explain <laughs> that one. Go after the banks who are subsidizing your narrative against crypto. Like, come on. Come yeah, on. yeah. Uh, David, you've got a take about this. So there, there's another question of what does this mean for crypto in general? Is this bearish? Is this bullish? Uh, you say it's bullish. This is David Hoffman tweeting, a Department of Justice settlement with Binance is hugely bullish. Binance takes a hit, but gains US approval and regulatory clarity moving forward. The whole industry gets further legitimized. So 
David, you choose to interpret this news as bullish. Mm -hmm. Why? Do you remember when uh, the... Uh, do you remember when the Bitcoin was seized from the Silk Road and then it was auctioned off by the government? Oh, yeah. And there was a premium on that Bitcoin because people wanted to buy Bitcoin that was like blessed by the United States government. If the United States government is selling you Bitcoin, that Bitcoin is clean. And this was back in the days of when just like everyone was worried about like the UTX UTXO traces of their Bitcoin coming from dirty sources. So, so people paid like stuff. a 5 to 10% premium on Bitcoin that was clean. So I'm yeah. kind of making this same comparison. Big, uh, Binance is going through the trials of the Department of Justice CZ is paying his debts in 1.5 years of jail time and $50 million fine personally that he has to pay. Binance is paying $4.3 billion to wipe the slate clean. This is what happens now. Moving forward, Binance now has a clean slate. They now have a green light of being washed by the government, and they are now further legitimized so long as they don't do anything wrong moving forward. Yeah. And so going back to like, who are the now the biggest exchanges that own over 90% of crypto centralized crypto trading volume? Binance, which is clean now, Coinbase, which is regulatory compliant, and Kraken, which is regulatory compliant. So like, come on, like that, that is that's just massive tailwinds for crypto skeptics to get onboarded into crypto. Yeah, I'll note that the regulators didn't shut Binance down. Okay. Mm -hmm. They let CZ keep his, you know, $4.3 billion. It sounds like a lot, but it's a slap on the wrist. The so scheme. they're indicating that they want to control these exchanges, not shut crypto down. And that is some certainty that has been injected yes. into the market. I think right. there's another question though here is Binance CZ, good or bad? You know how we all like to put people in, in you know, especially in crypto and binary yep. camps, you're either good or you're bad. It's dark or it's light. This is a, a Nick Carter take on Binance and, and CZ. I think we can acknowledge that Binance has been a critical linchpin of crypto adoption globally, while also granting that knowingly facilitating $1 billion in flows to sanctioned entities is extremely bad and not a victimless crime. So this is Nick Carter saying, it's kind of mixed, right? right? They did some good things. They did some bad things. Not a victimless crime. This is a danger reflecting a similar sentiment. A little sad by the Binance suit, but at the same time, it seems relatively reasonable given all the evidence. Binance was shady indeed towards governments. As far as I can tell, they did right by their users, their true crypto ethos. Maybe this skews a bit more kind of light, which is yeah. very interesting. Um, my personal take is, say what you want about CZ. He did onboard millions of people into crypto, and he didn't steal our money. We've had a lot. Yeah. We've had a lot worse bankers, David. We've had Alex Mashinsky in this space. We've had Sam Bankman-Fried in this space. We've had the BlockFi people. Uh, and the bottom line for me is like, I still probably trust CZ more than U.S. regulators. And I don't know what that says about U.S. regulators or what that says about CZ. So um, I'll grant that he's kind of like a, a neutral type of of character here. My take is he was definitely a pro profit maxi. He definitely was sloppy. With respect to AML KYC compliance, he probably Sloppy? caused some no risky, risky pushing yeah. the limits. Yeah, he pushed the limits. Uh, yeah. I would say, and uh, it well, cost him. He broke him. the limits. Actually, yeah. he broke the he limits. Broke it cost him in the end. Yeah. And but but there's also a question of like ethically, what do you actually think about AML KYC? Right. right? I mm -hmm. I think our posture on Bankless has has been if you have the ability to block the bad guys, right? Then you should be regulated to block the bad guys. Yeah. If you are mm -hmm. a credibly neutral protocol, it's just, it's open for everybody. You have no right. ability to block anyone. And by the way, the good of credibly neutral protocols outweigh the bad. But 
Binance mm-hmm. was not a credibly neutral protocol. It was right. more like a bank. It was an exchange. And so it should have some type of uh, rule structure, regulation, apparatus, and Binance clearly dodged that. What's your take on CZ? Are you like team uh, team CZ good or team CZ bad, or, or do you fall somewhere in the middle? Yeah, I'm trying not to be warped by all of the bad people that have redefined what it means to be bad. Like Sam Baker <laughs> really pushed the limit on what it means to be bad. You know, Alex Matuski, yeah. Do Kwan, uh, Daniel Sesta, just like I didn't realize how bad people could get. And so like maybe had I come in with more like virgin eyes into this space. <laughs> more innocent, more more innocent David yeah. would have been like, oh, you're he, he, not a great he's, guy. He's pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. He's like allowing fine terrorist financing on his platform. But like, man, like the, going, I'm, I'm about to go to Argentina in January. Like, yeah. Uh, they use Binance, dude. They use yeah. Binance to get banked. They use right. Tron on Tether and that's, well, that's not Binance, but it's just like they use the Binance exchange and the Binance app to send money around. This is also true for Africa. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, like the simple take is like we support DeFi protocols that terrorists can use and also the rest of the world. And we believe that this is a net positive outcome in the grand scheme of things. CZ tried to operate under those principles, but he didn't have that same foundation. Like he could have stopped the terrorists. No. uh, And he chose not to. He was Um, not an internet protocol like TCPIP. All right. He had his own walled garden platform. And uh, there's some responsibility when you have something like that. David, you alluded to it earlier, but one other question here is, okay, what does this mean for centralized exchanges? And uh, you said, I mean, this is very good for a Coinbase. This is very good for a Kraken, basically, Mm -hmm. because Binance is pretty much stultified in Western markets. Anywhere that the kind of the US touches or the US influence overshadows, Binance is kind of cut out of that. Uh, mm-hmm. And it looks like, I think to me, that um, US regulators are doing some kingmaking here. They're slapping around Coinbase. We'll talk about it soon. But they're slapping around Kraken as well. But that will also boost up Coinbase and and Kraken, I think, in these right. markets. And so that is a that is a massive uh, factor here. I saw one last take to, to round this out on. I saw this one take from Emily Parker, uh, the end of the borderless crypto company. She wrote this in uh, Coindesk. Basically, is saying um, BitMEX was also a borderless crypto company, and BitMEX got axed like right before the start of this uh, this last bull market. I think in like twenty twenty. Um, that was Arthur Hayes' exchange. Uh, and it just famously operated like very light KYC AML and just used crypto as payment rails. And Emily Parker's take is like, well, well, Binance was the last borderless crypto company, the, the last like pirate bay, uh, the, you know, the one that you couldn't really stop. Just you know, like skipping short. around jurisdiction, jurisdiction. Exactly, like, yeah. where am mm-hmm. I located? Our offices are virtual, that kind of thing. Exactly. So one passage that I liked was, uh, we will probably never see another company quite like Binance. Crypto itself might be borderless, but crypto companies may find it increasingly hard to operate outside of legal or geographical boundaries. In the early days of crypto, it seemed possible to launch a massive exchange that slipped through the grasp of any jurisdiction. Those days are gone. And Ryan, thematically, this kind of lines up with where we see the globe heading, like generally. We, as a globe, are not globalizing. We are balkanizing. The internet is becoming balkanized. The walls between China and the United States are going up. The walls between Russia and the EU are going up. Walls, generally, across all domains, digital or physical, are generally going up. And I think this fits into that story. And what else fits into that story 
is underlying Web3 decentralized, credibly neutral, neutral protocols that give no Fs about those walls. Mm-hmm. And so this is the increasing like re- like retreat from glo- globalism, the increasing like strength around borders, and also the increasing ripeness for protocols that slip right around those borders. I, I think this is perfectly in theme with the thing that we've been seeing over the last five years or so. Yeah, you're right, David. I think crypto exchanges are going to have to be geopolitically aligned moving yep. forward, some axis of power, and um, they can't be in both camps at the same time. It's yep. it's further balkanizing. We got a lot more to talk about, including another crypto exchange that's on the hot seat. The SEC is accusing Kraken of what? Being a crypto exchange. Very different charges here. And also maybe commingling funds? Question Ooh, mark? What's up with that? Let's unpack they that. Did. Let's let's did talk they, about that. Did they really, Gary? Yeah, did, did they? Did they really? Come on, Gary. Uh also, there's a new layer two on the scene. It's called Blast. And everyone is super happy about it. Actually, not so much. There's a lot of controversy. We'll get to those things and more. But first, we want to tell you about the sponsors that made this episode possible, including our number one. Hear this, number Gary one, the number <laughs> one crypto exchange, preferred crypto exchange, Kraken Only tokens, no securities. It's called Kraken. It's go called Kraken <laughs> in solidarity right now. If you listen to this, go create a Kraken account. Kraken knows crypto. Kraken's been in the crypto game for over a decade. And as one of the largest and most trusted exchanges in the industry, Kraken is on the journey with all of us to see what crypto can be. Human history is a story of progress. It's part of us, hardwired. We're designed to seek change everywhere, to improve, to strive. And if anything can be improved, why not finance? Crypto is a financial system designed with the modern world in mind. Instant permissionless and 24 seven. It's not perfect and nothing ever will be perfect, but crypto is a world changing technology at a time when the world needs it the most. That's the Kraken mission to accelerate the global adoption of cryptocurrency so that you and the rest of the world can achieve financial freedom and inclusion. Head on over to kraken.com slash bankless to see what crypto can be. Not investment advice. Crypto trading involves risk of loss. Cryptocurrency services are provided to U.S. and U.S. territory customers by Payward Ventures Inc. PVI doing business as Kraken. Introducing USDV, a better type of stablecoin. Currently, billions of dollars in stablecoin yield each year are paid to Tether, Circle, and other central issuers of major stablecoins. But what if yield could be shared with the protocols that use it? Those protocols, in turn, can decide how to reward their users. USDV shares its yield with a community of apps and developers that mint it. Every USDV is backed one-to-one by U.S. Treasury bills, which pay yield. This yield flows out to the community of USDV issuers, so your protocol or app can get paid for helping end users convert other stables into USDV. This works thanks to a breakthrough technology called Color Trace from Layer Zero. Without it, it was impossible to attribute users of a token with a specific issuer, but now we can. USDV is live on Ethereum, Optimism, Arbitrum, and other chains, and is already available on over 20 exchanges such as Curve, BitGet, Velodrome, and Stargate. Start participating in the yield from treasury-backed stablecoins at bankless.com slash USDV. Introducing GMX, the deepest on-chain futures market to trade Bitcoin, Ethereum, and leading altcoins. GMX is a permissionless, decentralized exchange that offers perpetual futures and spot trading, lightning-fast trade execution and competitive pricing with the security and self-custody of a decentralized exchange. GMX is live now with V2, bringing new optimizations to on-chain leverage trading. And even more than an improved trading experience, GMX will reward you for just participating. All GMX users can easily set up a 
referral link. And with $12 million of Arbitrum grants being distributed as incentives and over $150 billion in trading volume to date all settled on chain, GMX is leading the charge in terms of opportunities for DeFi liquidity providers. The future is on chain with your wallets, with your trades, and with your money in your own hands. Try it out now at app.gmx.io. The SEC is attacking Kraken this week. New charges dropped from Gary Gensler's SEC. I'll read the press release title. The SEC charges Kraken for operating as an unregistered securities exchange, a broker, a dealer, and a clearing agency. Otherwise, I think, David, known as a crypto exchange. Maybe you can't do that in America. I'm not so sure. David, tell us some of the details here. What are the claims that are being filed against Kraken by the SEC? Yeah, so the SEC alleges that Kraken provides a marketplace that brings together the orders for securities and multiple buyers and sellers and thus operates as an exchange. The only part about that is that they use the word securities. Uh, uh, in, engages in the business of effecting securities transactions for the accounts of Kraken's customers and thus operates as a broker. Hmm. Engages in the business of buying and selling securities for its own account without an applicable exception and thus operates as a dealer serves as an intermediary in settling transactions in crypto asset securities by Kraken's customers and acts as a securities depository and thus acts as a clearing agency. All of these, Ryan, are normal crypto exchange operations. The only thing that is different here is that they are being flavored by this security word. Basically well, saying that, hell, all those things that you are doing, all those assets, all those tokens, all those coins, are all securities and therefore everything you do makes you a securities exchange. Yeah, um, and it, if I'm reading this, David, they they of course as usual need because they dropped a similar suit against Coinbase, right? So this right. isn't the the first time, but yeah. they they mention a few you know token, uh, what they would right. call securities. We call these just uh you know crypto assets or tokens, cryptocurrencies, yeah. mm -hmm. ADA. So that is um, Cardano. Cardano. Uh, Algorand, Atom, uh, File, Flow, all sorts of things, as usual. Um, but they're basically saying these are all securities. Mm -hmm. I know we've provided you no clarity. They don't admit to that. But these are all securities, and you've been running a securities exchange illegally in America, and they're taking them to court over this. And this, Ryan, in combination with just the Department of Justice uh, going after CZ and Binance, I think is one of the reasons why the long tail of crypto assets, the market, is down this week. Like Bitcoin and Ether relatively unfazed this week. Like Ether is actually up, but like tokens are down this week, mm -hmm. like the long tail, like Matic, Solana, um, Filecoin, like all the ones, all these ones like listed here are, are down. And that's the same thing that happened last time the SEC did this, when they actually named names. And I think just like these three-letter agencies going after crypto is kind of like rattling the markets and scaring them out of like the, the altcoin season. Um, so I my take here is that, well, okay, well, we'll just kind of see a bounce back on that because that's what we've seen before and there's nothing really new here. Except there is something new, right? In line 221 of this complaint, there's this commingling funds thing that the mm. SEC has uh, accused Kraken of commingling funds with its own accounts and customers. So customers' funds are being commingled with each other's, and also Kraken is using customer funds to pay its bills. And so this is the one thing that's like different and new that like flagged my attention. I was like, yo, what what do you mean commingling funds? What what does that mean? Because that sounds very FTXy. And in the press release of the uh, of the, from the SEC. They have like all of these bullets that I read out earlier, right? You know, engages engages in the business affecting security transactions, provides a marketplace, blah, blah, blah. And those are the illicit allegations. But then like there's this separate paragraph 
that's like, oh yeah, and also by the way, they commingled funds and they use customer funds to pay bills. Yeah, like it's like, why wouldn't you? Lead <laughs> why wouldn't you lead with that? Why wouldn't you yeah. put that in the bullets? And so like, oh by the way, they also did this thing, and it sound and like the verbiage that they use sounds very FTXy, right? Just mm. like you know, commingled. We all have the trauma, the PTSD of like FTX using customer funds, and that's yep. definitely what they are alluding to in this uh, in this press release. Okay, okay so what do they, what do they mean? Well, like they have the statement in line two hundred twenty one and two hundred twenty two of the accusation. Here's what they say: separately, Kraken treats some fiat and custodial accounts as its own and not the customers, supposedly because Kraken's customers owe Kraken fees arising from the customers' trading. This is true. For example, Kraken has at times paid operational expenses using funds held in uh, customer custodial accounts. This is another example of improper commingling of funds that increases investor risk, which registered security intermediaries, intermediaries are prohibited from engaging. Kraken does not disclose to its customers that Kraken commingles customer and corporate fiat in either customer custodial accounts or Kraken's corporate operating accounts. Once again, what does this mean? Here's how this works. And this is how all crypto exchanges work, Ryan, is that when you deposit your crypto onto Kraken or Coinbase, and then you make a trade, that trade incurs a fee. This is how exchanges make business trading fees. And so all of a sudden, the, the crypto that you deposit to them, some of them, some of that crypto becomes the exchanges because of the fee. But because that state is not immediately reflected on chain, well, then all of a sudden, the fee that is collected by Kraken and the customer deposits from the customer is still in the same wallet. It's still in the same address because Kraken's internal ledger and the Ethereum blockchain or like the Polygon Layer 2 or Solana, they don't update that and, and immediately. And so in a one moment of time, there is a commingling of funds because of that discrepancy. It's just a temporary commingling is what you're saying. Yeah, this is this is Nick Carter who's talking about mm -hmm. this. So something people don't understand is that there's always cross flow between customer and exchange funds as there's always some overlap due to ordinary latency in operations. Commingling is a big boogeyman, but all exchanges definitely have some overlap even if short periods even if for short periods, is this, is this seriously what the SEC yeah. is like? Yes. They are talking about it as a kind of an add on in their list of allegations, mm -hmm. which lead with, with securities, but they are like, it seems like intentionally making it sound as if Kraken FTX. is running yeah. an FTX SBF style scheme. Right. And really it's just a technicality um, it's in a the way the detail. business operates. Detail. Are you effing serious? So you can imagine Jesse Powell, the, one of the, the co-founders of Kraken, how like frustrated he is with this. So he follows up to Nick's tweet and says, it's so ridiculous. There's no statutory requirement to segregate. Fees paid are, quote, commingled until they are moved out. Exchanges can have customer accounts for foreign exchange or whatever, like any other business customer. And four, there are reorgs, chargebacks, failed settlements, and bank errors. These are all things that would lead to like a discrepancy in the ledger that needs to be accounted for with time. Uh, so yes, nice. Again, like it's a good little like good little jab. Those, good little. They're they're putting it in the press release. Those allegations mm -hmm. will not hold up in a serious court system, right? They're just adding it to like flavor. The right. the entire uh, list of Political complaints sphere, here, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that's that's uh, absolutely bogus. So the big question here, though, is what is Kraken going to do about this? And I, I'll also like remind folks that earlier this year, David, it was nine months ago, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Kraken was charged again by the SEC, this time for its staking service. And at right. that point in time, it decided rather than go to the court system, do all these things, basically the mob boss is coming and, and kind of collecting, it decided to pay the penalty rather than fight the 30, SEC. $30 million. $30 million. That was nine months ago. Okay, mm-hmm. so now the SEC is like, oh, so you're willing to pay. I guess we'll drop some more charges on you. That's what it seems like yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah. So what is Kraken going to do, David? So here's uh, David Ripley, uh, operating CEO of Kraken, who says, we strongly disagree with the SEC claims, stand firm in our view that we do not list securities and plan to vigorously defend our position. Look, yes, <laughs> as we've seen See in court, Gary, <laughs> the SEC argues that Kraken should come in and register with the agency when there is no clear path to registration. Words that we've heard for like three years now. (laughs) Its allegations are factually incorrect, contrary to law, and the wrong way to create policy in the United States. As an industry leader, we will stand up to these allegations and defend the crypto industry's right to exist in the United States. That's right. We believe congressional action is the most appropriate path to resolving the lack of regulatory clarity in the U.S. and will continue to support these efforts to bring clarity and certainty to the chaotic environment that has been created in the U.S. Saying, Congress, will you please rein in your boy Gary Gensler? (laughs) Somebody's got to. <laughs> Jesse Powell uh, put out, re- retweeted this this blog post from Kraken, uh, and he says, USA's top decel, decelerationist, and this is coming out of the backs of like, decel is now a word that we use yeah, yeah, to yeah. describe anti-innovation in Silicon Valley and tech yeah. and crypto. Okay, so USA's top decel is back with another assault on America. He's calling uh, the SEC and Gary Gensler a decel, decelerationist. Uh, the masochists haven't been happy with the beatings that they've been taking in New York. I'll, I'll unpack that in a second. And are shopping for a different flavor in the reg dom in California. Reg- regulatory dominance? Yeah. <laughs> wow. This is unhinged. I thought we settled all their concerns for $30 million in February. Now they're back for seconds. The message is clear. $30 million buys you about 10 months before the SEC comes back around to extort you again. Lawyers can do a lot with $30 million, but the SEC knows that a real fight will likely cost $100 million and valuable time. If you can't afford it, get your crypto company out of the United States war zone. That's I just love I I love the energy out of Jesse. Like just calling it how it is. It's like they're just extortion. 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 I want to unpack the um the masochists haven't been happy with the beatings they've been taking in New York and are shopping for a different reg- flavor in, of reg dom is he, in is California. He, is, is he talking about the Ripple case? Well, so all of the cases that the SEC yeah. has filed in New York have gotten shut down. Lost. The <laughs> New York courts have said, Gary Gensler, go home. And so this, <laughs> uh, this um, uh, allegation against Kraken was filed in California. Yeah. Which is brand new, clean slate, regulatory jurisdiction that SEC is like, hey, California, all you liberals over there. I'm a liberal. I could say that. Uh, <laughs> you guys, will you guys like, please like help us take down Kraken? Like New York's not doing it. Like, uh, can you guys help us? Well, they're diversifying they're just, their court cases, basically. Right, they got a new exchange right, right, and they've got yeah, a new yeah. court system in a new state. And they're trying yeah. to like, they keep losing. But what does it cost them? I mean, they're getting paid by tax funder dollars. So it doesn't cost right. them anything to keep bringing these court cases. Gary Gensler clearly doesn't care what the crypto industry thinks of him. He clearly doesn't care about the legitimacy and credible neutrality of the SEC as a governing entity. He is here to advance the career and political aspirations of Gary Gensler. So he he could drop whatever court case he wants at any point right. in time, and he does not care if he loses. That's what's so insidious. It's such right. a stupid tax on American innovation and our entire industry. And ultimately, 
the one in five Americans that actually own crypto. I think, David, this man, Gary Gensler, is under his leadership at the SEC, he is a political liability for oh, yeah. the Democratic Party. I, I don't. It's treason. It, it's treason. Treason. <laughs> David he's, goes right to treason. He's treason. <laughs> oh, man. So that's what's going on there. And it's great to see Kraken uh, pushing back on this mm-hmm. absolute sham of a regulator. I guess one thing we have to add at this point, of course, is full disclosure. If you're not already aware, Kraken is a sponsor of Bankless. And that's why we picked them. We picked yeah. them because they protected users for over 12 years. Yeah. Gary Gensler has not even given us a Bitcoin ETF in the last 12 years. Kraken has a stellar reputation. They were mm-hmm. first to initiate proof of reserves. We believe they are right. And the haven't SEC lost is a wrong. dime. Haven't lost a dime. However, and like, and I just want to pull this out one more time. Yeah, Kraken is not doing anything wrong according to the SEC, other than trading securities. And the and the SEC is going to Kraken and being like, "Hey, you guys are trading securities," but then they list a bunch of securities and they're not going out to the securities that they issue and say, "Hey, you guys made securities." They're going to Kraken and say, you guys are listing securities. And like Kraken's like, yo, we didn't make yeah, these things. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And so they're going after the people that aren't responsible for the inceptions of the alleged securities in the first place. Yeah. Because well, they can't actually go and take Filecoin or Solana to court because they probably don't want to lose that one either. Well, they may. They may. Yeah, it's still early here, David. Well, they, then why they, aren't they, they doing could. it? Well, I bet they, who knows? Who knows what this mastermind's plans are? And the whole point of that section was to tell you that, that Kraken <laughs> is a sponsor. And yeah. of course, beloved uh, bank, sponsor, beloved sponsor. And of course, guys, if you want to be extra sure, just don't keep your crypto on any centralized yeah. exchange ever. Go, go bankless. That's also what we encourage. All right, David, are, are you ready to get blasted, man? Because uh, <laughs> there's this new, la- <laughs> there's this new layer too. It's called blast. <laughs> And it blasted on my Twitter timeline this week. And there's some controversy about it. I've been busy looking at other things. Can you tell me what this thing is? Blast notably raised $20 million from Paradigm. And this is where people's like attention gets funneled into Blast because Paradigm is like, you know, dopamine. Dopamine for like the Twitter <laughs> degen. They did okay, friend the tech. Only, exactly. They did friend tech, right? And like you're gonna see, you're gonna notice they also did blur, and you're gonna notice mm. like a lot of blast is cut from the same cloth as friend tech and, and blur. Like a lot Just of the <laughs> Just like really dialed up. Uh, and so introducing Blast, the only layer two with native yield for ETH and stable coins. And so, okay, what, what does that mean? The TLDR is that if you uh, submit your Ether or your stables into the Blast deposit contract, they just convert it to Lido staked ETH or they deposit it into the MakerDAO T-bill engine. Mm. And then uh, your ETH balance on Blast just naturally increments up like 0.02, 0.03, over time as ETH staking does. So it just converts your Ether into staked Ether on your behalf and then just gives you more Ether on the layer two. Same thing with stables. Okay. Uh, so like, oh, kind of cool, I guess. But That's um, kind of cool. Yeah, you're depositing everything. Every asset is yielding. I mean, there's some risk associated with that. So people have to right. you know, keep yeah. that in mind. It's, is it really any different than depositing staked ETH or our ETH and then minting our ETH on a different layer two? Uh, actually, straight up, no, it's not. It's not. Just maybe arguably different. better UX. It just saves you some maybe. transactions. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, uh, so built by pac-man blur the the blur founder uh and so this is when we started well it's not only just cut from the same cloth it's made by the same founder and this is mm-hmm. where a lot of the financial engineering financial gamification that blur pioneered is now being like that playbook is being repeated again uh and uh, also blur you know investment from paradigm interesting set of an investors a lot of the crypto twitter uh trade influencer accounts uh, that also, again, that uh, is a playbook from 
uh, FriendTech, where they kind of just like gave the, the crypto Twitter influencers early access and investment into FriendTech so that they could like promote the whole FriendTech thing. So we're, we're starting to see like a reproduction, a lot of the same strategies. Well, yeah. And we were looking at a tab earlier, David, that, that actually shows it's not just the ETH yield and the USDC yield in Maker, but there's something called like Blast Rewards. Blast and Rewards. So, okay. The longer I keep my funds on Blast, the, the, more, the more Blast you get Rewards You get Rewards. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, on the Blast website, you go, yes. to, you go to the website, it's Blast, it and it's Airdrop is the first tab on right. Blast. And it's unabashed like, uh, about this unabashedly. I remember when I opened up friend tech, I was like, Oh man, they've made an airdrop tab. That's bold. Um, <sighs> they also the gated release with invitation codes, a la friend tech. And so like, you know, you don't have access. You got You got to get an invite code. This is I where mean, but the whole branding they're, they're leaning into the, um, this feels very Robin hood, I would say, mm-hmm. right. They're just totally leading into leaning into the degen of like fast money. Like, yeah. you know, if it's deposited here, you're earning, you're earning. It's just mm-hmm. kind of leaning into that kind of culture. Uh, I w- it seems like to me. So what's the problem with this though, David? Why, what is- it, 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 it keeps getting worse. It okay. keeps getting worse. Uh, so here's how invites work. Uh, and so this is literally from their website. I'm reading a section from their website. How invites work. You get points when your invites earn points, your invites, the people you invite, when they earn points. And then when their invites also earn points, you earn points. You get 16% bonus points when your invites earn points and 8% when their invites in earn points. If you invite a whale, you get a lot of points and you'll move up the leaderboard. Mm. So... Like, shout out to the graphic designer who made this last section a square and not a pyramid. But this is a pyramid. This is a pyramid. And so if you are just getting points, if your invites come in on board, and then also if they invite, you get their points too. It's just a, that's a pyramid. Pyramid scheme technology. Pyramid scheme for invitation codes, right? Okay, so what is the wisdom of the elders here? We got another pyramid scheme. What do uh, respected members of the Ethereum community say about this? Right. Okay. So remember how they called it a layer two? Mm. Well, it's not a layer two. It is a one-way deposit contract that is a three of five multi-sig. The layer two launches in Q1 2024. Right now, it is like a centralized side chain with a three of five multi-sig that you cannot withdraw from. It does not go backwards. It only goes one way. <laughs> that doesn't sound great. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> We're yeah. amping up the risk here. And there's already, at the, at the time of this tweet, 30 million, but I think there's more. No, no, no. there's a hundred and over $120 million dollars deposited very, very early in the early days of this yield-bearing layer two, which again, oh, I contest the idea David. that it's the first yield. I have my assets on Optimism and I have that in our ETH. Is, does that make optimism a yield bearing layer two? Because it's offen- effectively the same technology. Yeah. Okay. So okay. So it's not a, a real layer two. Here's another take. It's not from, a real uh, layer Tim two. Nick it's not truly you. yield bearing. The duality Here, of paradigm. They've raised the yeah, bar so, in terms of technology. Founder, Ref, Alloy are wonderful. They've won the hearts of engineers I love. I respect Georgios and think he cares. They've made my life as a lowly application developer better. But my God, the behavior of their investments. I thought Blend was awesome, but Blur, Blast should be serious, seriously ashamed of launching an L2 in this state. There's not even anything to roll up. It's a multi-sig wrapping a proxy to an unverified contract. It's gross and no different than people shoveling Ether directly to influencer EOAs in hopes of a shitcoin allocation. Wow, some condemnation here from a uh, crypto developer. What's your take on this? 
Yeah, this oh, is oh, weird. Oh, oh, actually, I got to read this. But I can't throw stones. Same, same poster here. I claimed my airdrop. I bridged too. <laughs> I'll still keep drinking that garbage. I just wish it didn't have to be this way. I don't know about that. Lot. Like, if you wish it didn't have to be that way, but you're still participating in the pyramid scheme. Mm, it's, well, it's the incentives, right? It's the gamification. Okay. It's the incentives. Like, it's not lost on me that Matt Huang from Paradigm wrote that uh, Casino on Mars blog post mm-hmm. and, like, in the middle of launching, like, three different casinos. Uh, so here's a, a take from, like, and the casinos, like, Blur, Blend, Friend Tech. These are all just, like, gambling platforms. And so, like, at some point in time, Paradigm was like, you know what? Like, we're just going to fund casinos. We're going to fund casinos. That's what we're going to do. We're just going to lean into it. And that's why they've gotten all the crypto Twitter trader influencers on board. This is a Joseph DeLong uh, who just tweets out, did Paradigm just turn into a pump and dump sweatshop? Like a pump and dump sweatshop. It's like, I, I would have called it a casino sweatshop. But like, yeah, that's like what people is, are is critiquing is, is what Paradigm is, is really like fun, like what they're investing in. Here's a Ethan Bookman from, from Cosmos. Remember when Paradigm like took crypto off of their website and then they had to re-add it and they did crypto, crypto, crypto. Yeah. Well, now it's now it's just like Ponzi, Ponzi, Ponzi. And this mm. is not actually what their website is, but this is like the, the edit, right? So like people on crypto Twitter are just saying like, yo, like kind of gross and ick. And it's the same like financialization Ponzi playbook being repeated over and over and over again. Here's, here's Dankrad who says, this is a very bad idea. And this is referring to the, like, the native yield aspect of it. ETH and liquid staking derivatives are different assets with different risk profiles, and users should have a choice about which ones they want to use. The same is true for different types of stablecoins, saying that just like, oh, if you sta- deposit your assets into Blast and then they swap it out for staked ETH or and MakerDAO Treasury, it's like that is a choice that they are enshrining into the quote-unquote layer two that is removing user choice. Okay, but so let, let me push back on that. Is is there the possibility, David, you're being a bit puritanical about this, maybe, right? So this is Udi, of course, who's always the one to call out. And any hint of, you know, maybe puritanism or what we might call sobriety says, actually, the thing you're calling a very bad idea would actually be more accurately described as a trade-off. Isn't this just a trade-off? Uh, Dankrad replies and says, I'm not against the trade-off, but against misnaming things to confuse users. They can make their base asset form of an LST, but they should call it that instead of ETH. And there's an element, David, of like, I mean, are they doing like, are they doing anything? Like, if you don't like the pyramid uh, scheme mechanics of it, just don't participate, right? Sure. I, I think that's a, a, you know, a counter to this. It's not, you know, sure. but also I understand the reaction. And I think the reaction from the crypto community is just, Oh God, another pyramid scheme. Is that another all we're pyramid. offering to the yeah. world? Mm-hmm. Like we're just kind of tired of this. And I, I certainly feel that way. Like I'm just, I'm done with the roller, like uh, the roller coaster of like the exact same mechanic. Only in this mechanic, it's more pyramid schemey. That's not really right. innovation. That's not really right. going to like change the world. And I, I think paradigm maybe, and this particular project caught crypto in a moment where it feels like it's just jumped the shark. You know, yeah. like we're yes, just kind of done with it. it. Yeah. And the mood has shifted. And I think Paradigm and, and maybe Blast is taking the full brunt of that right. mood shift, whether fair or not, for this particular project. Well, they're the jumping the shark thing is just like, oh, well, we saw the the gamification of incentives on Blur. We saw the friend tech uh, uh, invite code system work. Let's like put everything that we've learned and just go full casino. Let's just turn turn it up to eleven on the casino side of things. Yeah, and like to some degree, there are the crypto Twitter trade influencers, the one that's like listed in the announcement, and there's all of that money 
sloshing around playing games independent from like the innovations in the layer two space. It's not about like any of the optimizations that Solana is making. It's not any of the optimizations that the super chain is making. It's just like the casino, the casino on Mars. And so that casino on Mars just happens to be very proximate to more like the EF members, the more the, the idealists out there. And that is a friction point. We have like the DGENs right next to the idealists. And now like we're talking about it. And so maybe, maybe that's just like this paradigm's just making this product and it's not for us, but they just happen to also be in our community. And there's yeah. just something weird about just like the duality of paradigm that, that one blog post where like Georgios is working super hard to fix like roll up composability, like cross chain and roll up composability. He built Rust Ethereum, which devs love. And so like they, you have this just like just extremely prestigious, hardworking, like bunch of researchers yeah, no, tackling very I, hard problems. And then their products are casino ponzi's. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I think my biggest issue with this is that it's a multi-sig uh, and not one a true way layer multi-sig. Two. That's probably yeah. my biggest. Otherwise, branding I feel, is bad. I feel like it the same way I feel about Frentech, which is like it's a pyramid, you know, scheme. That's what they're doing is their growth strategy. I guess I'm neutral to like not feeling great about it, but I hope to God this is not all that crypto produces. Right. Like we got to show the world a little bit yeah. more than this. All right, David, we got uh, some more stuff coming up. Coinbase just got sold. We talk about who the new buyer is and whether we should be concerned or not. And also, is there a new crypto president of Argentina? But before we get to all that, we want to shout out our friends and sponsors over at MetaMask. And if you have not opened the new MetaMask portfolio app and all of the updates that are coming your way, go check it out. It's a great place to look at your portfolio. MetaMask Portfolio is your one-stop shop to navigate the world of DeFi. And now bridging seamlessly across networks doesn't have to be so daunting anymore. With competitive rates and convenient routes, MetaMask Portfolio's bridge feature lets you easily move your tokens from chain to chain using popular layer one and layer two networks. And all you have to do is select the network you want to bridge from and where you want your tokens to go. From there, MetaMask vets and curates the different bridging platforms to find the most decentralized, accessible, and reliable bridges for you. To tap into the hottest opportunities in crypto, you need to be able to plug into a variety of networks, and nobody makes that easier than MetaMask Portfolio. Instead of searching endlessly through the world of bridge options, click the bridge button on your MetaMask extension or head over to metamask.io slash portfolio to get started. Celo is the mobile-first, EVM-compatible, carbon-negative blockchain built for the real world. And now, something big is happening. Introducing the Celo Layer 2. It's a game-changing proposal that's going to bring Celo's rapidly growing ecosystem home to Ethereum. Vitalik has shared his excitement for the Celo Layer 2 on the Celo Forum. So has Ben Jones from Optimism. But why? The Celo Layer 2 will bring huge advantages, like a decentralized sequencer, off-chain data availability, and one-block finality. What does all that mean? Rock-solid security, a trustless bridge to Ethereum, and more real world use cases for Ethereum without compromise. And real world adoption is happening. Active addresses on Celo have grown over 500% in the last six months. With the Celo Layer 2, gas fees will stay low and you can even pay for gas using ERC20 tokens. But Celo is a community governed protocol. This means that Celo needs you to weigh in and make your voice heard. Join the conversation in the Celo forum. Follow at Celo org on Twitter and visit Celo.org to shape the future of Ethereum. 
Arbitrum is the leading Ethereum scaling solution that is home to hundreds of decentralized applications. Arbitrum's technology allows you to interact with Ethereum at scale with low fees and faster transactions. Arbitrum has the leading DeFi ecosystem, strong infrastructure options, flourishing NFTs, and is quickly becoming the Web3 gaming hub. Explore the ecosystem at portal.arbitrum.io. Are you looking to permissionlessly launch your own Arbitrum Orbit chain? Arbitrum Orbit allows anyone to utilize Arbitrum's secure scaling technology to build your own Orbit Orbit chain, giving you access to interoperable, customizable permissions with dedicated throughput. Whether you are a developer, an enterprise, or a user, Arbitrum Orbit lets you take your project to new heights. All of these technologies leverage the security and decentralization of Ethereum. Experience Web3 development the way it was always meant to be. Secure, fast, cheap, and friction-free. Visit Arbitrum.io and get your journey started in one of the largest Ethereum communities. Javier Malay is his name. David, this is a picture of uh, Javier. <laughs> He is uh, dressed as his superhero alter ego called General Ancap. Uh, the Ancap, I think, stands for Nacro Capitalist. Anarcho-capitalist, yeah. Yeah, definitely on the excused libertarian, uh, let's say. Um, have you been following this? Uh, a little bit, a little bit, yeah. So I saw this video of him waving a chainsaw around outside <laughs> of the roof of his car as because like what, he's waving this chainsaw saying like, we're going to cut out the government. It reminds me of actually a little bit of our uh, Vivek interview where he's like, we're just going to gut half the government if you're there's no chainsaw in the vivek interview yeah vivek is a lot more this guy is an eccentric character this guy is like he's kind of like a rock star like he should have a guitar and he should be on like the rolling stones like that's a little bit crazy he's a little bit crazy super he's a big performer very like loud and boisterous um very like right wing elected right wing libertarian is now the new president with uh, 80% 87% of the votes counted 56 to Malay 44% to the opponent uh so like what's his deal like what 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 does he want why do people even think that he's like pro crypto his major narrative is what is being called economic shock therapy so he's just going to rustle things up with the, with the Argentine economy. And by the way, the Argentine com- uh, c- economy, if anyone can solve that problem, they'll get like a Nobel Prize because they at like 100 uh, percent Argentine peso inflation year over year. Like the amount that people like demand for dollars in Argentina is through the roof. So he wants to shut down the central bank, wants to ditch the peso. He wants to just cut half the government, like slashing spending and, and then p- potentially very painful reforms. Uh, and so his first presidential speech, he, he goes, the model of decadence has come to an end. There's no going back. So this guy wants to shake up Argentina. And the, I think the question is, is like the Argentine economic situation is a very large problem. And now we have this very loud and boisterous human promising to shake things up. And is the human able to be as large as the problem? Because some people in Argentina are like, it doesn't matter who is president. The economic situation is so terrible that like it's a, that one man can't do anything about it. It's a larger problem. It's any it's bigger than any one man. Well, Balaji's take here is that this is the second Bitcoin president. So he yeah. congratulated him. And there's one clip here where uh, Javier is saying about Bitcoin: "What Bitcoin is representing is the return of money to its original creator, the private sector." Uh, he also says we have to understand that the central bank is a scam. So not a big central banker, I believe. Though David, he's not doing the El Salvador play of like adopting right. Bitcoin, but ra- rather kind of casting aside the peso and right. adopting the dollar mm-hmm. as sort of the, the stablecoin. So it, maybe it remains to be seen how crypto friendly he is. But but certainly, I would think he would be stablecoin friendly. Would he not? 
Yes, stable coins has got to be in any rational person who's leading Argentina with the intent to dollarize. Stable coins has got to be on their menu of like first things to consider. That the reason why people are calling him pro crypto is because he wants to get rid of one fiat for the more strong fiat and his anti central bank. It's like crypto vibey, like crypto adjacent. Like there's no concrete plans. Like yeah, we're gonna be a crypto country. It's just like, we're going to get rid of our shitty fiat in favor of the better fiat. Well, David, you are going to Argentina pretty soon, right? It's like the beginning of um, next year, yeah. I believe. Yeah, so Three weeks and uh, one week in Buenos Aires, two weeks in Patagonia. So I'm going to well, yeah hang out with a bunch of Argentines. I'll, I'll get their take. Yeah, get some person on the street takes too. David, some other big news this week. Coindesk was sold and they were sold to a crypto exchange. This is one of the, the largest media companies in crypto. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were bought by a company called bullish this yeah. is the the crypto exchange dave do you remember who bullish is and like i it's from my distant past i yeah. recall this name and you really had to dust off the the old like memory addict to to get downloaded on this one so uh dcg digital currency group also the conglomerate that owns grayscale and genesis and is in a lawsuit with gemini they need to raise capital to pay to fill the hole in their balance sheet to pay back Gemini and all the other creditors of Genesis who has like a billion dollar hole in it as a result of all the fallout from 2022. So in that end, they have accepted a bid to sell Coindesk, the 10-year-old crypto news company, to Bullish, a crypto exchange. Where did Bullish come from? Bullish is a subsidiary of Block One, Hmm. which was launched, a a crypto exchange, Bullish, subsidiary of Block One. Where is Block One? This is going to be for like the longtime crypto people. Block one is the people that made the EOS blockchain. And so this is this is what if any Ethereum person is calling like Solana the EOS of this cycle, this is like why we're getting like some people get like the PTSD of block one and invoking that. Block one raised a four billion dollar uh 2018 ICO to do this high throughput f- free transaction fees EOS chain. And they raised four billion dollars in Bitcoin. And Ryan, they didn't sell any of that Bitcoin. <laughs> so that four billion dollars in Bitcoin in 20 like 17 to 20 like 18 when they were raising that money is worth some crazy amount of money they have now. A- 164,000 Bitcoin. That is more Bitcoin than MicroStrategy. They have no more Bitcoin than Michael Saylor. Why don't people talk about them? Well, because like on the Bitcoin Treasuries website, it's a treasuries for public companies. And, and Block One is like this private conglomerate that has this massive amount of uh, Bitcoin that they got from like this very dubious ICO to make this very high performance blockchain. Okay, uh, so and the, the, the big question here is, is this good or bad for crypto media? And this is Jason from BlockWorks who gives his takes, and I think he says it's bad. The Coinbase and bullish acquisition is bad for our industry, and then he lists some thoughts. Why, why is Jason saying this is bad, David? He's basically worried about the conflict of interest between Coindesk, a journalist company, a journalist media organization, and being bought by a crypto exchange. And he, he says... This is like NASDAQ uh, buying the Wall Street Journal or like Binance buying Coin Coindesk. It crushes mm. editorial integrity of the brand. I'd assume every reporter will leave within six months. Now, Jason, uh, founder of BlockWorks, uh, ha- is a you know inside of the media world, and so he would he probably would be concerned about this, and also perhaps has has a bias. Um, on the flip side of things, e- Ellie Tan, who's a journalist at Coindesk, fun fact, Ryan, we've had him on Bankless. Um, I interviewed him. He's one of the few in-person interviews that I did in my apartment. Uh, Eli Tan retweeted this tweet from Yano and said, how many 
market nuking scoops does Coindesk <laughs> have to have to yeah. prove its editorial independence? Interesting. Yeah. And I remember back in the day, uh, editorial independence was a big problem at Coindesk. It, yeah. Like the bags of Barry Silbert and the articles that went out of Coindesk in like 2017 to 2019 yeah. were very, very aligned. That is no longer the case. And I think now I'm willing personally to extend Coindesk the benefit of the doubt. I think they have totally proved myself them, themselves to be editorially independent. Um, why they the uh, founders of Bullish are interested in buying Coindesk is perhaps up to be scrutinized. But anyone inside of Coindesk, I think, totally gets the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I mean, they, they look. They broke the FTX story and it ended up ending and ended up costing their parent company everything, DCG yeah. everything. Right? It ended but up causing still, this selling of yeah, they still broke it. Yeah, yeah, I guess I guess uh I'll give them the benefit of the doubt for a while, but but mm-hmm. you really have to wonder how Coin Coindesk will operate when it's under new management. So yeah. under the previous management, I think they they proved that they had editorial yeah. independence, whether that continues moving forward or not. But I do think the big signal will be how many of the journalists actually stay. Those mm-hmm. with integrity uh, if they stay and if they feel comfortable operating under new management, that's probably a signal that they're able to maintain their editorial independence. So I guess for me, it's to be determined, David. Getting into some optimism news, there was this blog post that came out that really got me excited, Ryan, talking about shared upgrades for OP stack change. So this is a roadmap for some uh, upcoming technical improvements to the OP stack. Uh, two main components. This first component focuses on changes that will impact OP stack nodes and node operators, enshrining a protocol version. That means that anyone using the OP stack for their chain can easily track whether their infrastructure is up to date and in sync with the official latest protocol version. That's pro- uh, component number one. The second component of two uh, just simplifies the multi-chain contract upgrades with a multi-chain upgrade contract. So uh, eliminating hard-coded configurations, super chains, all the OP stack chains that are part of the super chain can share one set of implementation contracts and therefore perform multi-chain protocol upgrades inside of a single transaction. So one single transaction upgrades the Optimism mainnet, the base chain, Zora, uh, public goods network, anything that is an OP stack chain that wants to be a part of the super chain can all upgrade in unison. So this is one of many mechanisms that it would take to have to recompose the Ethereum many layer twos into like this one singular system. There's no one single silver bullet, Ryan, for reintroducing composability across Ethereum layer twos. One of my tweets this week, Ryan, was uh, the layer two fragmentation on Ethereum is just going to die a thousand cuts. And this one is a very deep cut, I would say. Like single unison protocol upgrades for all OP stack chains that want to be a part of the super chain. Pretty cool. Uh, So the governance process to implement this multi-chain contract upgrades will kick off in early 2024. Yeah, I think that has been a major criticism of Ethereum and its Layer 2 strategy this year. It's just like fracturing of of governance, fracturing of the user experience, fractioning of of composability and, and liquidity. And so now the story is... Uh, some of that's true, actually, in exchange for for scalability. But the story is, how does Ethereum stitch it all back together? And I think there's some promising solutions ahead that we'll be talking about in the weeks to come. David, you ready for Meme of the Week, man? I am. Let's do it. All right. Happy Thanksgiving to you. And uh, this was the tw- <laughs> this was the Meme of the Week we decided. Saw one of your crypto friends got in trouble this week. David, we're looking at a picture of an awkward family dinner. Get together. Sitting around the Thanksgiving uh, table, all of your relatives looking at you and uh, asking you about your crypto friend who got in trouble this week. <laughs> <laughs> and that would be CZ Binance, all of our crypto friends. 
Right. Happy Thanksgiving. I'm actually going to be sharing the day after Thanksgiving with CZ because I'm going to go down to the courthouse and I'm going to... Wait, wait, wait. Tell us more about that. Okay. So we talked about earlier, you were actually in Seattle. This is just... I'm in Seattle right now. I don't know how you do this. (laughs) Whenever you go to a mountain, something bad happens to Gary Gensler. You you went to uh, Montenegro... And, where Doquan uh, was arrested in Doquan just yeah. happened to be there. Now you just happen to be in Seattle and CZ is there. So you're actually going to go to his... Um, yeah. he's, he's got a, a date in the uh, Seattle courthouse at 9 a.m. Okay. Seattle time on Friday. Where he's going to plead guilty. Where he allegedly is going to plead guilty. Uh, and yeah, he's got a date with the court and Are I remember, you say I remember, hi, CZ? You're gonna I, I, if I can, yeah, like <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go watch this. Yeah. <laughs> I remember going to this courthouse like way back when where I had to like uh, contest a parking ticket. No, a speeding ticket. Yeah. 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 I've been to this courthouse. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's hilarious. <laughs> All right, guys. We got a moment of zen for you. If you enjoy how Janet Yellen pronounces Binance, you will enjoy this, I think. Uh, some disclosures, of course. David and I, we are investors and advisors for Optimism. Big fans of that project. Also, as we mentioned, Kraken is a strategic sponsor of the show. We are long-term investors. We're not journalists. We don't do paid content. There's always a link to our disclosures at bankless.com slash disclosures. And you got to know, crypto is risky. You could lose what you put in, especially if you deposit in Blast. But we are headed west. This is the frontier. It's not for everyone, but we're glad you're with us on the Bankless journey. Thanks a lot. We are here today to announce that the Justice Department has secured felony guilty pleas from the world's largest cryptocurrency exchange, Binance. Actually, it's Binance. 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 Largest virtual. Binance. Binance. And let me be clear. It's Binance. 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 And let me be clear. It's Binance. 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 It's Binance. It's Binance. Binance. Let me be clear. It's Binance. 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 Binance.